The courts are making court gestures out of us all. Man, what a day yesterday on my birthday, no less. This show is probably going to be a little shorter because it's my birthday. I'm not sure how that information got out, but everyone on Facebook figured it out it was my birthday. I thought I had that on privacy lock. But thank you for the hundreds of people that wish me happy birthday. I really appreciate it. I was able to scroll through and look at all of it, but I couldn't reply to all of them. I'm sorry. I want to, but just consider this my rubber stamp of thank you, everyone. I just really appreciate it. It's great wishing me happy birthday. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. We are the show, How to Build a Tent. My name is Matt Williams. Thank you for listening. We are on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Go over to flfnetwork.com. Put an HGBT in the memo field. Get a sweet mug like the one behind me. Get tons of other great benefits. And you'll get exclusive show content and all this good stuff. You get discounts on our conference that's coming up. Our last one was fantastic. Our next one's going to be even better. Don't miss it. I don't know how I don't have the exact dates, but all right. So what were the court cases? The first one I barely even heard. I barely even heard it was in Michigan. The Michigan federal court denied womp, 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 Republican motion to maintain and preserve election data and machines for inspection. Trump and his allies are now. Oh, yeah, I took a screenshot from Mark Ellis, M-A-R-C-E and then Ellis, E-L-I-A-S. Which I like following this guy because he is a super lib and he just puts a negative spin on everything. But the Michigan federal court denies the Republican motion to preserve the election data, which is a loss. It's a loss. I'm just going to be honest with that. It's a, it's a loss. It's a sad day. But we're at a point right now where we have so much evidence and data. It's not that big of a deal for us. And I don't think that the motion to preserve election data and machines for inspection is going to be uh, the thing that's going to save us, make us, or break us. We have big data, data analytics, data experts. We have testing on the machines, the machines that were used in all these different states. We have affidavits. We have statistical probabilities. When the Texas lawsuit that got filed yesterday on my birthday, it, it gave the odds of Joe Biden being able to come back from the deficit that he was in to being like one in a trillion. The odds of him winning all of the swing states he needed to win with how far he was down at four in the morning were like one in a trillion. And somehow this fully uncharismatic person who never campaigned got the one in the trillion. It's even more than that. When you when you multiply the odds of all the things that Joe Biden is wrong about and in they made wrong missteps, they did wrong, just all this stuff. It's more than one in a trillion, but just the odds of that from winning and overcoming the polls, one in a trillion. But we're at a place right now where I don't think that's a big deal, but that came out. I just wanted to point that out to you so that you guys can be informed. The next thing that came... Into the news, man, there's so much stuff I'm looking through. This is this is the one where it looks like the Supreme Court denied the emer- the it looks like this is what I saw on the the social medias, the liberals that are like being super excited about everything whenever there's uh, something that doesn't go Trump's way where it looked like the Supreme Court was dismissing the Kelly versus Pennsylvania case. 
when in fact that's not what happened. And if you remember, there's some history to this, and I want to get into it in a little bit. We're going to go through a Twitter guy that I follow named Ron Coleman. He's an attorney, and he usually has great analysis, and he's not like super Trumper. He's just kind of like the he's trying to be honest. I think he is pro-Trump, but he's not, you know, doesn't talk about the bad news and isn't honest about where he thinks we're at and the likelihood of us winning and all that good stuff. He has a really good thread that I want to go through. But there there was all these people were saying that the Supreme Court dismissed the Pennsylvania case, and that's not what happened. They were re- asking for an emergency injunction relief uh, to deny the certification of the state's electors, and they dismissed that part of it. But the case is still active, and if you go to the Supreme Court and you look at the dockets, which I had a learning experience yesterday. I got really excited about having a case on the docket, and then because I thought that's what it meant, that's what it meant for the that four justices voted on hearing the case, and so they were going to hear it, and so they put it on the docket. Other people were saying, well, it could be on, the, it has to be on the docket no matter what, and even if they're going to dismiss the case, it's just part of the procedures, and there's just all this going back and around, and that's what I mean from the title. It made us look like court jesters, is that everyone had an opinion about everything, and it's bad enough because attorneys have a differing opinions, conflicting opinions all the time, but then when you have people like me, trying to figure out and weigh in and get hopes up about something that happens in the legal system, who isn't an attorney, specifically a Supreme Court attorney, then, you know, we just end up acting like a fool every once in a while. And I definitely felt like I acted like a fool, getting all excited, thinking that one case that is on the docket, we'll talk about in a second, uh, was uh, going to be heard by the courts. Although I think it will be because there's a lot of good news coming out about it. Um, And I think part of this Pennsylvania suit is more evidence that we are going to see that other case but they were so that's the spin of what they're saying about this pennsylvania case the case wasn't dismissed the emergency injunction piece of it for the relief was not and there's a lot of theories about why that happening why it's happening but the mike kelly he's from pennsylvania's suit against pennsylvania is still in the supreme court it's still pending before the supreme court just wanted to give an update on that. Gosh, there's so much going on. <sighs> oh my gosh. Okay, so but there's this one point I want to hit before we get to the Texas lawsuit, which is a huge deal. And I think this is this is going to be like in the Star Wars movie where they go in. I'm not a Star Wars fan at all, so I'm going to total, totally butcher this. But when they're all flying their cool little spaceships that look like an X, that I'm not sure why the wings go up and down, but they do for some reason. And there's all these people covering Luke and Luke's going to go in for the kill shot. He has to go through this valley thing on this Death Star and he has to get the perfect shot. And everyone else is sacrificing themselves and taking shots and drawing the enemy fire and all that stuff. I think and Ron Coleman, who we're going to go through his Twitter on this, has a theory about that. Before we get into that. I just want you to notice something, and this is why it's exhausting to have the psychological warfare type scenarios, and that's what this is. It's psychological warfare. They're trying to weigh us down. They're trying to get us to be discouraged. They're trying to get us to give up and stop putting pressure on our attorney generals, on our legislatures. I heard in Georgia, there's legislatures that are wanting to do the right thing, quote unquote wanting, I'm quoting that part, but they're scared that Antifa and BLM is going to burn Atlanta to the ground. And they're going to be blamed for it if they give the electoral votes to Trump. 
So the thing that is stopping them is the lawlessness of the left. Can you imagine that? Where rioting and this terrorism by BLM and Antifa is intimidating our lawmakers where they're not going to do what's right. That's where we are in America, believe it or not. That's where we are. Um, but this is what the enemy is doing. Is they're taking things like this dismissal for the injunction relief and making it sound like they dismissed the whole thing. And they're making it seem like Trump's lost 41 cases, although his team only has three cases. One of them was dismissed because it was irrelevant. They got what they wanted. So they really are one for one. Um, and they're just trying to make you feel bad. They're trying to make you feel like there's no hope. And we're farthest from that. And that's why I am so excited about this Texas lawsuit. That is, I need to find the screenshot. So as my birthday came around, I got a great birthday gift. Texas filed a lawsuit with the Supreme Court. And again, I'm not an attorney, so I don't really can give you the most in-depth analysis, but I can just give you an analysis from a citizen and the th research that I've seen and from the sources I've heard from. And we'll go through it in a second, but what this is is Texas is suing the swing states because they didn't follow their own constitutions, the state constitutions, and they didn't follow the federal constitutions, which injured the state of Texas. Because when you allowed things to happen for the citizens to count the votes in all of these states, and you didn't treat them the same way that Texas was treated, well, you're injuring them and you're not giving them the equal weights and whatever the technical term is. So there's this really great lawsuit. And what the lawsuit, what makes it so great is the Supreme Court, usually you have to go through the lower courts and you get to appeal those decisions, but you don't get to introduce new evidence. You don't get to, and this is where the Star Wars analogy comes in. You don't get to have them evaluate and all that in the, the new evidence and all that stuff, but they're they're usually when you're appealing, you're appealing the decision to see if it was right, the right decision or not, if it was a constitutional decision or not. But there's one kind of case that goes directly to the Supreme Court, and it's when states are suing other states. They don't let the state, the federal courts, the federal state courts and the, the state courts deal with that because there could be bias about it. So it goes directly to the Supreme Court so there won't be quote unquote bias. There's more, more quotes for you because let's just be honest, every single judge we're learning has bias. And so what's unique about this case, and this is the unique part, and this is the part that's really great about this, is that the Supreme Court gets to evaluate all of the evidence, all of the evidence, as if it's being shown for the first time. Because it is. So they're not really appealing the decision, but they're actually hearing it like a case for the first time. The judges are making decisions based on evidence, not just about what lower courts ruled. If you have a Republican attorney general, then you need to call them, you need to email them, and tell them to represent you and join this case. Join in as a plaintiff to this suit that Texas is bringing against all of these different swing states. And so there's been this, so there's been this, like these, well, also, okay, so I'll stay with this too. So this whole docket thing, and I posted about this, I was really excited, it was on the docket, I saw it on the docket, and I was like, okay, so great, it's going to be heard, they're not going to dismiss it. 
And that turns out most likely doesn't mean that. Some people says it means that, others don't. I'm just not too sure about it yet. But let's go through and we can talk about um, what Ron Coleman said and we'll end it there and then I'll go enjoy the rest of my birthday night. Um, but this is a really good thread and I really uh, recommend if you guys are on Twitter to follow them. If not, uh, we'll go through this section right now. For those of you who are watching, I'm sharing, sharing my screen. For those of you listening, I will read off what it's saying. I'm just going to hit the high points. So there's this one girl who actually cussed me out and retweeted me last night too. Um, as we're trying to figure out what it means for the SCOTUS to um, pick up this case. And what's interesting is Ron Coleman points out in the the filing in the paperwork at the Supreme Court. Uh, that doesn't really help. I'm not going to zoom in anymore on that. There's a fourth entry down and that has a scheduling order to review this case. It's Ken Paxton, which is the attorney general um, from Texas. And so this case is looked to be scheduled and discussed, which is good because according to Ron Coleman's source who he's talking to, the scheduling order is not automatic. It's specific to the relief sought. And this guy is also saying that he predicted this in November and he's been following this really closely. He predicted that the suit was going to take place in November. And I have to say this too. There's no coincidences. There's no, um, there is a specific reason why Texas filed this suit midnight last night. It's because this Pennsylvania hearing was coming up. And this Texas suit is far more reaching than the Pennsylvania one. That's the other thing about this is the Pennsylvania suit against Kelly, which is still there. It hasn't been dismissed. Is specific to Pennsylvania. Texas is suing five states. I think it's five, four or five suing states. So that's that's an interesting thing to think about. And he goes back and talks about some history that's interesting. He said, Trump said his lawyers told him he didn't have standing in a big, beautiful suit that covers everything back in November, which is funny because that's exactly how he talks. Now that the lawsuit on God's green earth would be comprehensive but not allow a candidate for president to have standing. Are you saying now what lawsuit on God's green earth would be a comprehensive but not allow the candidate for president to have standing? And the answer is this Texas one. You can only get original jurisdiction in SCOTUS in a dispute between the states, like I was saying earlier. The only way to have one big, beautiful lawsuit, and he puts it in quotes, where a court has jurisdiction over all the states is in the Supreme Court. So a state could file in a big file the big, beautiful lawsuit, but the president cannot. And here's the thing, guys. It's in order for this type of suit to go directly to the Supreme Court. The president can't bring it. Janet Ellis can't bring it. Mayor Rudy Giuliani can't bring it. Citizens can't bring it. It has to be the attorney general of Texas or some other state suing another state. This is the only type of suit that is going to go to SCOTUS where they have original jurisdiction, where they can examine the evidence and have a legit, like an actual court case, not just an appeals case where they're doing like what I've talked about before. Let's see. He goes on. Only lawsuits by states against states qualify for original rather than appellate jurisdiction in SCOTUS. That's why his lawyer said he wouldn't have standing. And they have this screenshot from, if it's loading really slowly, from Business Center. And the, the article header says Trump wanted to file one big, beautiful lawsuit claiming election fraud, but says his lawyers told him he didn't have legal standing. And that was in a publication in uh, November 29th. And the Ron, who he's quoting, the guy he's quoting, said, it didn't make sense to me. So I reached out and this is then it made perfect sense. 
And that's been the plan all along. And you guys remember, why is Trump being so cool right now? Because there's a plan. He's not out of control. He's not flailing. He's not tweeting a lot. He's not being erratic. But he's been pretty cool, specifically for Donald Trump. And then he said, you think it's coincidence that Texas files midnight before SCOTUS was going to consider the Pennsylvania case? No way. And Alito doesn't dissent when he already said what PA did was unconstitutional. Remember this. He already, Alito had this standing that you couldn't, um, you had to hold on to the ballots because this was going to be ruled on. And once this case was filed, the Texas case, the SCOTUS got the message they deferred on Pennsylvania just on the injunction request to knock out all four. They deferred on Pennsylvania just on the injunction request to knock out all four. So they're hearing all these cases at once is what he's saying. Notice also regarding this big, beautiful lawsuit that his lawyers did not say that there is no court in which to do this. He said they don't have standing. As I've learned following Trump closely all these years, he's always saying things that sound ridiculous at first, but are very much grounded in reality. I have to agree with that. Thus ends my friend's DMs. I nipped and tucked a bit for the sake of threading. You can take it as you leave it. It answers a few questions. Now, this is Ron talking himself. Again, you can follow him at Ron Coleman, R-O-N-C-O-L-E-M-A-N on Twitter. One was the Alito. Okay, so he's answering a few questions. One was the Alito question, and I just gave the same answer privately to someone myself. Alito may very well not have changed his mind about the issue. Indeed, I believe he's making a stand here in a way he never has in his judicial career. If this is right, he did not change his mind about the legal ruling, specifically talking about Pennsylvania, but may have changed his mind about the case. As been pointed out elsewhere, however ancient and obscure, there's precedent for his procedural approach in SCOTUS, and that court loves precedent. That's right. The SCOTUS loves relying on precedent. Also, this lawsuit at this hour draws on all the information, evidence, data, and legal missteps of the previous cases, the ones that were savaged for their errors and sloppiness because they had to move first and fast against the institutional current and the state hearings. Moreover, this lawsuit was filed by Ken Paxton. Helps me understand a cryptic remark by a friend in recent days, which I can't share with you, unfortunately. And you know, my life is open otherwise. And he goes on to talk about and all of these theories. Let's see, there's one other part I thought I wanted to hit. Why does he say... Okay. So here, I'm going to pick this up. For weeks, I've been watching Thomas Wicker's videos. Flattery will get you everywhere, blah, blah, blah. When the Supreme Court sees evidence of widespread fraud, fraud, I said, I said each time slapping my forehead. Why does he say that? He means when they review the record of fraud in the lower courts. You can't introduce evidence into the Supreme Court. And if ever, every lower court so far has refused to let the evidence be heard. Well, I'm not saying Thomas knew this, but I'm just saying there is a time when the Supreme Court can consider evidence in the first instance when it hears a case which it has original, not appellate jurisdiction. So here we go. That's what it is. And I, I want to just drive back to this point to bring back my Star Wars point. Is that all of these other lawsuits were sloppy. And we, got, we heard a lot about that. Missteps on the previous cases. But this lawsuit has taken all of those things and listed them out. This lawsuit is incredibly comprehensive. And I have not heard so far, it's only been a day and a half, or actually a day as of recording this. But this one looks very all-encompassing, a comprehensive, exhaustive, grievance list 
of all the things that happened. And the Supreme Court is going to hear the evidence and evaluate the evidence for themselves. And only this kind of case could have done it. Only a case between states. And this is why it's important for you guys to call your AGs and encourage them to join this lawsuit. Because the more plaintiffs we have, if we have 20 or 30 plaintiffs suing five states, like where's the pressure for the Supreme Court? It's how are you going to defend the five states against 20, 20 states? Then it's not going to look so much like they're overturning the will of the people, but they're siding with a majority of the people. They're siding with a majority of the states. And then what is the remedy? There could be several different remedies, and we're all speculating what the, the justices are going to recommend. Re, do a recount, do re-elections, do forensic audits, don't count the legislatures altogether, assign them to Trump, not Biden. Who knows what it is? But one thing they're asking is specifically that, that they will allow the Constitution, which it says in the Constitution, for the legislatures to convene and assign the electors themselves. So that's all good news. So the action item is for you guys to call your AGs. If you live in a state where this happened, you can congratulate them and thank you. If their state hasn't joined yet, call them, especially if they're a Republican, and tell them to join in with Texas. And then the second thing is to remember that the enemy is trying to overwhelm you and discourage you. Make sure you don't just take what they're saying at face value, but you actually go and do the research yourself. It's probably not as bad as they think. And third, be thankful that Texas is saving the day. It's funny. The one state that has the clause to be able to secede from the union whenever they want are the ones that are going to save the union. The Republic of Texas is going to save the Republic of the United States. Wow, we went way longer than I thought. So I apologize for that. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please share the show and let people know. I mean, people need to be encouraged. People need to understand what's going on. I hope I'm able to do that for you guys. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. God bless. <laughs>